Hello, and welcome to Light Above Solitude, a podcast for the multifaceted soul currently in search of that special spark. I'm your host, Kalia. Light Above Solitude illuminates your path to self-discovery and growth on a soul level through mindset, holistic health, intentional living, and the exploration of elements and tools used in modern spirituality. This podcast is for the woman who doesn't feel completely safe to be authentic. I am here to tell you, you were born to stand out. I am ready to guide you out of solitude and into the light of hope, love, and freedom. I'm here to share stories and lessons learned on my journey from the dark side of depression into the light of alignment. I will also invite guests to chat on their expertise along the way, so make sure you stay connected at lightabovesolitude.com. All right, time to get lit. Hello, welcome to another fantastic week here at Light Above Solitude. I'm your host, Kalia. I hope that you enjoyed last week's show where I shared four easy practices to add more intention into your daily routine. Let me know what you thought of that episode and if you've tried any of those techniques yourself. I would love to hear what you thought. You can leave me a voicemail at lightabovesolitude.com. Today, we have an amazing tarot-centric episode featuring my friend, Sarah Holodnik a.k.a. Sarah Galactica. Sarah is a Pacific Northwest-based writer, artist, oracle, and mystic. From bar stools to sacred rituals, Sarah has read tarot for hundreds of people with her unique style that incorporates the wisdom of archetypes, the insight of intuition, warm non-judgment, and a keen sense of humor. Currently, Sarah is guiding a group of fellow seekers through Story Journey, a year-long pilgrimage into the heart of tarot, while she's creating a tarot deck. Sarah is also the creator of the Sweet Nothing Oracle deck, which is currently out of print, and a co-author of the Nomad Guide to the Tarot, the second edition. Please help me in giving Sarah a very, very warm welcome. So if you just want to get started telling everyone a little bit about yourself, um, maybe how and when you even started tarot. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, goodness. I feel like I have had one of those um, kind of quintessentially meandering paths to get where I am. Um, Right now, I would describe myself as um, an artist and a writer and a tarot reader doesn't even feel completely accurate because that's part of what I do, right? But there's also something kind of beyond that too, where, you know, I'm really interested in and intrigued by the history of it, right? I kind of almost consider myself more of like a tarot um, scholar or like armchair philosopher <laughs> anymore. Yes. You know? um, um, and that's really where I like to play. And I think a big part of that maybe is because of the meandering path that I took to get here. You know, I had started um, a small um, historical walking tour business in the town where I lived for a while and, you know, opened a gift shop and have worked in like the nonprofit sector, right? And have done a bunch of just kind of like what seemed to me maybe in the moment sort of random nonsensical things that didn't really fit together. And now in hindsight, as I'm looking back, I'm like, 
oh, wow, you know, like the skills that I learned when I was working in a nonprofit are, are showing up for me now in this way, right? And these things that I was doing when I was, you know, a historical walking tour person or whatever, right? Like that research itch never left, you know? And like those kinds of things have really started now to kind of like pile into like this, this kind of, I don't know, this, this fully, like a more full package, I think of than what I would have expected my quote unquote career to look like, right? If I had like plotted it out with like, in five years, I'm going to do this. And in 10 years, I'm going to do that, right? Like allowing myself to sort of see what happens to accept the experience as it was laid in front of me. I, I felt for a while, like, man, anybody looking in from the outside must think I have like no idea where I'm going or where I'm headed. Or maybe that's kind of accurate on some level. Right. Um, but now I'm like, oh yeah, all of this experience really feeds into my ability to show up and serve, um, in my community. Right. Um, and specifically with regard to helping people understand, I think how tarot specifically as a tool can be supportive in whatever, path they're walking, right? Does Nobody has to be walking the same one, but that the place where I'm really interested in playing in tarot is in that like accessibility factor of it. Like I love reading tarot for people, but I would much rather help people understand how to do it for themselves and get the, the rich experience of using a tool that consistently, because it's made such a big impact in my life and what I've been able to um, accomplish for myself. I guess, you know, so, um, yeah, my, my path feels messy, <laughs> you know, but I'm I can totally to relate. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and maybe it's because I'm nearing 40 now, you know, and like, I'm starting to see like, oh yeah, like it's maybe it's supposed to be kind of messy or at least mine was, you know, maybe not everybody's is that way, but like I'm embracing it more than I used to. I used to really judge myself for it. And now I'm kind of like, oh no, wait, like this is actually this, all of these random things that felt random in the moment are not random. And I can see it now, you know, I just get the perspective. Yes. Yes. (laughs) No, I can Mm -hmm. totally relate. I would get down on myself too. I'm like, okay, you just spent two years in aerospace and then you were a swim instructor and now you're in retail, like get your shit together. But that's not it. That's not it. Like it totally, everything connects and I can take those skills anywhere I go. And now I'm starting a podcast. So let's do the dang thing. Amen. Yeah, I think we put so much pressure on ourselves. And I I think this is maybe a a cultural thing as much as it's a personal thing that like, there's a lot of pressure to kind of like conform to a particular kind of path, Mm -hmm. right? And when your path doesn't look like what is kind of traditionally seen as successful, right? Or if like, you don't, you kind of take a little bit of a winding road to get to a point that feels successful for you, right? There's a lot of opportunity in our culture to really get down on yourself about not matching up to what the expectation is, right? And I think now that I'm, I've lived a little longer than than I had, you know, when I was in my late twenties, right? And putting a lot of pressure on myself to, to do the thing, the way other people maybe expected me to do it. Um, that, that freedom that is coming from that is something that I'm 
I'm like really loving, you know, it's not something I can do. I can't do it every day necessarily. Right. There are still days when I'm like, what am I doing? (laughs) You know, that's natural. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to allow that, that to happen too. Good. I'm glad. And you are not alone on that journey for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So tell me about when you first found tarot, like how old were you and, and how did this unfold? Yeah. Great question. So, um, I had, you know, experiences with tarot, like growing up, like in college, I had a friend who, you know, we went camping and she read our tarot cards or whatever, you know, things like that. And when I, I grew up in California and I moved to Washington and after a few years of living here and, um, working in nonprofit, like I said, I had, met somebody um, who was studying tarot himself and um, became a friend of his. And I remember getting a reading from him once where he, he had pulled some cards and he was like, have you ever thought about reading tarot based on the cards that were there? And I was like, no, no, <laughs> no, not me. <laughs> That's silly. It's cute. It's like, it's a neat thing you do, but it's like, it's like not mine. You know what I mean? And then, <laughs> Um, it was in 2014, I was invited to come to a retreat that a couple of friends were putting on here locally. And it was this like lovely exploration and celebration of like the, like the spiritual kind of meeting pop culture, you know what I mean? And like, I, for the first time could kind of see how I didn't have to set down my interest in science to be Mm. spiritual, right? I didn't have to like ignore this like spiritual um, impetus I was feeling in order to be taken seriously as a a person in this, right? In this culture, I've always felt that tension, you know, like a lot of like judgment on either side. And I went to this retreat and just had this beautiful experience with um, the other women that were there who just showed up so fully and so vulnerably and tarot was a big part of that. And I remember the very next day I called up my friend. I was like, I'm ready to go buy my deck. You know what I mean? Like I, I was like, cool, I'm going to go, I'm going to do it. And I picked up the, you know, the OG Rider Waite Smith deck, even though I wasn't super jazzed about the art in it. I was like, <laughs> I'm going I'm to do it. I'm going to learn it right. And it was like, as I got into it and like fell down the rabbit hole of tarot, I started to really see how like my interest in, I've had a lifelong love of story and um, connecting to the world through story. And here was this tool that used story to help me understand myself. Mm-hmm. And I had, I, it was like a light bulb went off for me and I had only expected that I would use tarot for myself, right? I would journal and, you know, do that kind of thing. And I had an opportunity to fill in for my friend who was a tarot reader at an event. And it was like so nervous, but I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to read tarot for other people who I don't know, which even though it freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it. I loved every minute of it because it took that part of, you know, I'm, I'm that like, friend in the friend group that people come to for advice, you know, or just to like have, have an ear. And it took that natural piece of what I was already doing and allowed me to be able to show up for other people in this way that felt really authentic um, and really comfortable to me. And so it's been, um, 
gosh, I think that seven years now that I've been reading tarot, so not that long considering how far of a deep dive, I guess I've taken. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I've encountered so many people who have been living with tarot for decades, you know, and, um, I, sometimes I still feel kind of like a tarot baby, but there, there's part of me that really like loves that. Like, I love that I can keep learning about this thing until I die. Like, I'm never going to fully, yes. fully like get it. You know what I mean? And that to me is really exciting, actually. Oh, I love that. And I love how you explained it as going through a story, a yeah. story to apply to your life and how that brings meaning. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. So you... I know you more personally than our listeners. And I know that you do thrive on that research level. Like you, you claim to be a baby, (laughs) but I'll tell you what, that makes me like super premature (laughs) because let's talk a little bit about where you've taken this tarot research and, and the, the architects, the archetypes, excuse me, that you've created from this system. Yeah. Yeah. So what I discovered in my tarot research, you know, there's this concept called um, birth cards and year cards in tarot. So you take the numerology of your birthday and there's a tarot card or two um, that are associated with that number, right? And I got really <clears throat> interested and intrigued by this concept and started looking into more of like why that is and like who started to do this and like what is the like what is the purpose of this kind of thing, right? And um, in that research, found um, uh, an anthropologist who did a lot of work with tarot. Um, her name was Angelus Arian, and she kind of grouped the tarot. Um, major arcana into these lovely little groupings she called constellations and I thought the the groupings themselves were so cool and useful and also I was having kind of a hard time connecting with them like they felt like I was trying to translate somebody else's vision for how these things connected into my life and so I started playing around with okay so constellations feel a little like too far removed for me so like what's, what's a way to think about this that feel like down to earth, right? Like I'm grounded in this place. And so I said, well, ecosystems, what about ecosystems? And so I started thinking about these groupings of tarot cards less as um, dots in the sky that are connected just because they're close to each other. Yeah. <laughs> and more like living, breathing archetypes that interact with each other, right? And, and exist in kind of like a broader world together so all of these stories then um became less individualistic and became kind of more lush and collective and like it really broadened my idea of how the stories connect within the deck and then how I connected to them Mm -hmm. and this set me off on like a whole thing (laughs) where, you know, like I started, you know, developing other birth cards and like adding new things into the lexicon and really have found that, um, that like development part of the research and development, um, that I've been doing with tarot was the other thing that was really like feeding me, you know, like the ability to be like creative in it and to, to put my own kind of spin on it and hopefully through that help translate these concepts to people in a way that felt more relatable, like, yeah. like I wanted them to feel more relatable, you know, um, that, that, that would, would, um, help guide me further too. And so the, you know, like 
evolution of those concepts now have have turned into you know like this year-long program that I'm doing and all these kinds of things where now I can start to see how my unique spin on this tool um, can be shared right with other people and how and how to teach it right and those kinds of things which for a while I thought like no nobody's going to want to do any of this and I started sharing it with my friends they were like you need to write this down you need to like put this on a blog like I want to know more here all of my questions answer them for me (laughs) and and um I hadn't expected that I thought I was just being some like weird nerd in you know sitting in my room at night like you know what I mean but like like it wasn't it wasn't true you know like it was a story I was telling myself and um really found there's a lot of um value actually in looking at these things in a different way and the the framework the language like the archetypes themselves don't have to be static and and in fact they shouldn't be they should change and adapt and the essence of them will remain the same but in order for tarot to continue to be an applicable tool it's it's got to evolve to with humans right and so that's like that's a really fun space for me to play in and that's where I'm spending a lot of time now as I'm like creating my own deck and that kind of thing too like that research is now informing how um how I think about tarot as a whole, right? And and how I want to be able to share it with the world too. Oh my gosh, so juicy. (laughs) (laughs) I I just can't even. So um, you just started the the pilgrimage, the story journey. um, And I am part of it and I'm so happy to be part of it because you really take a deep dive into everything. Um, I, in my last episode or maybe it's two episodes ago. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. The one based on fear, I brought up the fool card because it was right after we had had our chat about the fool. And I swear it was like two hours. We talked about this one card. <laughs> Unreal how deep we can get into these concepts. Like um, how, how does one start when something is so complicated? Like, do you start with the birth card? Do you start with the mm-hmm. year card? Where do you, where do you go with this? Yeah, 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 that's such a good question. <clears throat> I think everybody finds their own way in, but I do think there's something particularly juicy about the birth card. Birth and year cards, I think, can kind of be almost clumped together in some ways. But like the birth card itself, I think, is relatable <clears throat> because we have a language for astrology, right? We, we know what our sun sign and our rising sign are. And, you know, if you're like now, depending on where you live, you might like give your top three, like my sun, my ascendant and my moon or whatever, right? And that's how you're like introducing, like you run in some circles, right? And that is just like, you can, anybody can go anywhere and read a horoscope if they know what their sun sign is, right? And when I was sitting down to do the tarot ecosystems and all that kind of thing, I thought, I want this to feel the same way. Like I want people to be able to like, have an immediate sense of understanding about themselves when they know what this archetype is for them right and I think that that opens a door into tarot when you can like if you find out like oh my birth card is say like the empress for example or whatever right like if you you don't have to know anything about that card to have an immediate hit on like what an empress represents you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's, that feels like very kind of like, like feminine power, right. And kind of like 
oh, that seems like kind of juicy and like maybe like nature, you know, like nature seems kind of empressy, right? Like mother earth. And like you can start kind of riffing on these ideas, even if you don't have a tarot card in front of you, even if you have no idea what the heck anybody else would say about that card, <laughs> doesn't matter. doesn't matter because the empress immediately sparks something, right? Mm-hmm. And that it's that little essence of it, the like thing you can't quite put your finger on, but you know, (laughs) right? Like that's where I think the power of those birth cards are because they resonate on this deeper level that kind of go beyond our rational mind, right? And get us into, oh yeah, like I know that this is a big part of me and I maybe never had the language for it before, right? Maybe by saying that, you know, when this birth card is the empress or whatever, this gives me a sense to own it, <laughs> right? yes. to like embrace it. Um, and so I think that that, that specific area of tarot um, is accessible because you don't have to understand everything <laughs> in order to be able to dive into what really relates to you. Um, and it gives you a place to begin, right? Like, even if you're just starting with like the first two birth cards, right? Focusing on two cards is a lot easier than trying to learn 78, right? Like it feels really overwhelming (laughs) when you first pick up a tarot deck. So a lot of the images in there too are also like, what even is this, right? You know, like, (laughs) you're just like turning over cards for the first time. It can feel a little intimidating. Like there's a lot of visual information there when there's just two cards <laughs> and they're related to each other in a little ecosystem, right? It opens you up to the ability to take that kind of deep dive and, and see how it feels, right? And kind of get, get hooked <laughs> maybe. And then yes. you can explore further from there. It gives you a starting point. Yes. Oh, I love that. So mm-hmm. mine is judgment. <laughs> and I'm still working on that. But um, yeah. right off the bat, judgment just seems negative, right? right. But it's but it's not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it has. That's one of the funniest things I think about tarot, too, is like, I get and, you know, through my research, why a lot of these cards were named what they were. Mm-hmm. And also from like a modern, like a modern ear, you know, like saying your, your birth card is judgment sounds a little like, wow. yeah. <laughs> that just mean I'm really judgmental. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it might, but like, that's not the point. <laughs> yes. Right? Like, but like the, like, for example, with that particular card, you know, it's like later on in this story of tarot, right? So the major arcana of tarot runs from zero to 22, or excuse me, zero to 21. And judgment, the judgment card is card 20. So like in the story, you know, if you're thinking about chronologically where you are in the story, you're, you're toward the end of this spiritual journey, right? And one of my favorite ways of thinking about that, and then sometimes renamed this in certain decks, is awakening. That mm. judgment actually is, it's the, the, in the more like OG Rider weight deck or whatever, you're actually seeing angels calling down to heaven and raising, or calling down from heaven and raising the dead, right? And it's this, it's an, it's an awakening. It's a spiritual awakening specifically, right? Finding your calling, finding your path, and it's so cool. I remember when you and I have talked about this in the past too, that like, that is something that was naturally happening for mm-hmm. you without yeah. even realizing that that was your card, right? Yes. And like, you get to a point where it's, it's like something kind of activates and now you have a language for it, right? Like, oh, my target 
is awakening, for example, or judgment or whatever you want to call it, it gives a context for the things all of like, if you take a meandering path, like you and I have, these cards can be so helpful, because it's like, oh, no, 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 this all fits in. Right? Yes. <laughs> this, was just one, this was just one step on my path of awakening. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> I mean, for real. Right? It like literally is. And, and but you can treat yourself with a lot more grace and Mm -hmm. compassion when you have that language right and that's I think one of the biggest gifts of those birth cards is that that sense of compassion and like (laughs) self-mercy right to like treat yourself with kindness um I think is really like so important it's such an important piece of that work yes I agree and I I see the same as I'm going through my year cards I've been meaning to write down what's been happening every single year like all the big things and see how they relate to the cards I was going through I haven't yet but it's on my on my projects (laughs) but um, I'm coming up so I usually either start my years around my birthday or start mm-hmm. them on Chinese New Year, which is also around my birthday. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah, that, New like, Year. New, 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 new Year. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm coming up because my birthday is on February 2nd on my hermit year. And the first time I thought about that, I'm like, oh, wouldn't 2020 be my hermit year? We've been stuck <laughs> at home all day. Like, what the heck? But I think it has more to do with the thought of the judgment card and coming into this more spiritual awakened thing and what I'm supposed to do with that knowledge now. And and just so happens that I'm starting this podcast and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is literally where I'm supposed to go. And it does. It ties in those things that I thought it was just going to be some random hobby. I pick up a mic, see if I like it. But now it's now my journey. It's now yeah. my new story. And I and I love being able to have that language and relate it back to, nope, this is in the cards. <laughs> I am, I am where I'm supposed to be, right? Yes. Now, right. Like where, whatever that is. And sometimes it's a really rough place, right? Like yeah. sometimes it's, un- you are in an uncomfortable year of lessons, <laughs> yes. right? Or, right. Or whatever that looks like. And, and whether you're having a really good, joyful, awesome, like, Um, expansive year or a year that feels like, whoa, this has been really rough and I'm right or whatever, having the language to put it into context can be so helpful and Mm -hmm. um, consoling even, I think, right? That like, man, if things have gotten, things have gotten really hard, but I know that I'm where I'm supposed to be. Yes. Right. It it grounds you into, okay, I need, I just, I need to keep going. Right. I get, I get to keep going now because this is where I'm, this is the part of the journey that I'm on and I don't have to feel like judgmental <laughs> about yes. hating it, if I yes. don't like it right, or whatever, you know, like I don't have to love every minute of it, but it gives me the opportunity to at least understand it. Mm-hmm. Right. And Even if it's the, in hindsight. Yes. That was actually how I started this personal development journey. I was like, there's things about me that I don't understand and I don't like. And it's like, well, why don't I understand them? Why don't I like them? They're just me. And so I had to take a dive into why don't I like that I'm shy? (laughs) Why don't I like these things? But after I start unraveling my personality through, through the tarot, through astrology, through all these different tools, and I realized 
those were defense mechanisms and I was just perceiving them as negative, but they're really been helping me grow, been helping me build my own character. They're adding to me when I thought my whole life they were taking away from my opportunities, from my everything, right? But it's just the, the perception of how you look at these things, which I want to ask you if you could, since Mm -hmm. we are in this time of America. (laughs) (laughs) I like the way you put that. Yes, we are in this time of America. America's (laughs) possible rebirth. Um, If you could speak to, uh, you talked about America's birth card and the year what we're transitioning into and how we can learn to see these things that are negative in how we're going to I know where you, I know, you know what I'm getting to. I'm yes. trying to explain it. And I yes. don't know how to ask the question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was one of the things that um, I decided just to start playing around with, with the concept of, of birth and year cards was like when I wanted to understand them better, you know, when I was experimenting with my friends or whatever, you know, like <laughs> before I was like telling anybody else about it, I would like go and look up like famous people's birthdays and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and like look up other things just to kind of like have a sense of, okay, like I don't know that person, but like, they're going to um, express something publicly, right. That I, that Mm. I can use as a way of like understanding and getting maybe a little insight into, um, who they are, what makes them tick and how that relates to this archetype. Right. And then as part of that journey, started looking up America's birth cards and things like that as well. And when I was doing that, I decided to use the the 4th of July as our, as our birthday, because that's when we celebrate, right. That's Mm -hmm. our, that's our new year every year. Um, and I did the math and I don't remember, you know, all of the, the, the math and who cares about the math really right now, but <laughs> the, the, the end result was that the, in, in my language, I call the kind of like main birth card, um, the target, the, as in the target you were aiming at as in like in like an archery or whatever. Right. And that target for America is a card called the Hierophant which is a word that nobody (laughs) really uses outside (laughs) of tarot. Um, But hierophants are kind of like um, a priest class in ancient Greece. And this card for a long time, I had a really negative view of this card because, you know, in a lot of the tarot decks, especially kind of the older ones, they have this kind of very like patriarchal, Pope kind of top-down religion kind of thing that felt kind of like restrictive to me. And I didn't understand. I was having one of those like um, reactions, right? Mm-hmm. To that card that was really telling me more about myself than the card itself, but I digress. Um, <laughs> and with the Hierophant, one of the things that I love to think about is, is almost like this, um, like it's seen as a gatekeeper. You can look at it almost as like, um, religious gatekeepers, um, like, like the Pope, for example, or whatever, this idea that we have to go through something else to get to the divine, right? We have mm-hmm. to, we have to pass through, like somebody else has the answer. And one of the things that I love about the Hierophant is, is when you look at that card really deeply, you can, you can frame it differently. You can tell a different story. And that story is, oh, wait, there is no gatekeeper, <laughs> right? That, that, the archetype itself can actually show us that we are in charge of finding our way, right? That we, there, there is no necessarily like, um, there's not like a person to be like, yep, you're doing the right way, you go this direction, (laughs) right? Um, But the part of that 
as, as related to America, for example, right, is that, you know, when you're thinking about the Hierophant and what it stands for, as far as like religious doctrine and like those kinds of things, right? There is like this really interesting story of America, right? Like we, we had this revolutionary war, right? To like kick, kick off our overlords, right? Like all this kind of thing, we're gonna do it this way, right? Like we want to find the truth and all that kind of thing. And, and in the underbelly of that is all of these um, sicknesses that we never addressed and really embraced in a lot of ways to be able to push ourselves forward, like slavery, right? Like white supremacy, like these kinds of things, right? And so there become like these, these hidden elements, right? Underneath it all. And I felt like when I first started looking at the Hierophant for this, you know, America's birth card, I was really feeling like, wow, this archetype does, is so complex, right? There's a lot going on. And when you think about this concept of gatekeepers, right, and you think about this concept of um, like wisdom being being revealed as we are ready for it, right? Mm-hmm. That like the the ability to um, find our way as we are ready to <laughs> to, to yes. get it. I just really started feeling like, wow, like even if I don't have the exact words to put on it yet, this gives me a different kind of perspective on a country, on a collect a collective card like that, mm-hmm. right? That that we're all trying to figure out who, like, how we get to where we want to go. How do we get to the mountaintop, as Martin Luther King Jr. would say, right? Like, how do how do we get there? Yeah. And we always assume that there is some gate, like somebody else, that's going to pass us through that. And that's not the case, right? Like, we have to do that ourselves yeah. as a whole, right? And so, you know, like in 2020, our year card was the lovers, um, which I just thought was like, so like on the nose for a political like election year, like to like <laughs> choose, right. To like put a ring on it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, do we do, like this democratic experiment? Do we want to keep it? Right. That's like, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's like literally what we were doing. Right. And then now we're starting to head into um, the chariot, a card called the chariot. And even if like, even like, again, if you don't know what these cards are, it doesn't matter. Like a chariot seems like, like this, like fast moving, like bump, 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 right? Like you're just like moving for it, right? And so like, you don't have to have a full understanding of what the card is to have a, a that like physical reverberation, right? For what it represents. And when I'm thinking about moving forward, right, in mm-hmm. um, 2021, the idea of that kind of, like, charge <laughs> yes. energy, right, feels like, oh, thank God, right, mm-hmm. <laughs> to me right now, right, and, like, um, that, those kinds of applications of the birth and year card, in addition to the ones we were talking about, right, with, like, the personal context and understanding, when you can find, um, those archetypes that represent even like those collective kinds of things, right? I think it it also helps ground in like the broader story. Not only am I where I'm supposed to be right now, mm-hmm. but like we are. <laughs> like yes. we are where we're supposed to be right now, right? And it, it, like again, it's super uncomfortable, right? <laughs> there's been right, there's been way, way too much death over this past year, right? Like there's been mm-hmm. way too much suffering 
it just in general for a very long time in this country, but especially in right the past year or so. Yes. And to be able to have that, okay, we're where we're supposed to be. This is uncomfortable and it feels terrible sometimes and all that kind of thing, but I can see a bigger story that we are fitting into yes. gives me a sense of hope, right? Like, okay, like it's not, we're all, we are really all in this together. <laughs> yes. And if we can embrace these, right, if we can embrace these things, we can move forward and with our little chariot, hopefully, right? <laughs> Charge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, so juicy. Like I, mm-hmm. I talk to you and I just have zero words. Like you leave me speechless. Like all these thoughts are just floating around. Like, oh, it's all so good. That's kind of what it feels like in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Okay. So, if you guys are digging this conversation, then you're totally going to dig the story journey. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you're doing this year? Yes. So, um, Story Journey is a year long pilgrimage into the heart of the tarot. And what I mean by that is those ecosystems that I was telling you about before, um, those groupings of cards. I really decided I wanted to um, teach them in a way that like unfolded really slowly and intentionally (laughs) um, and almost kind of like meditatively over the course of the year. Mm -hmm. So every month we are focusing on one ecosystem, one card grouping. And of course we're going to do, you know, like tarot readings and things like that. And all the other cards are there, but we're not worrying about having, answers necessarily if you're brand new to tarot, right? Or um, about fitting into a particular traditional meaning of something if we've been reading tarot for 30 years or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. We, the people who are participating in this journey run the gamut, right? From, <laughs> yes. fo- somebody, I have somebody who just literally bought her first tarot deck, right? To somebody who has been reading tarot for 30 years. And it all works together because we're all there for the same purpose right and that purpose really is to through the lens of these stories right to better understand ourselves and to better understand like how how we do fit into the broader family of things right and it felt so necessary to me after you know like months and months of of being in some kind of quasi quarantine you know and like all these kinds of things and really feeling like part of what I was missing is a connection to like a a deep community um mm-hmm. and a a deep spiritual community that that doesn't rely on denomination right doesn't rely on all of us having the same word for the divine or any of that right but that really has more to do with opening up a pathway for each person to move forward in the way that works best for them and to have a group of people who are walking alongside them even if their path takes them other places and so the story journey really is meant to Um, use the language of tarot and the stories of tarot to help do that right and to and not in a way that's like you've got to have this intensive 12-month program where you got to like show up and do all of the things and right like aggressive Mm -hmm. coaching or any it's not any of that like I'm not coaching anybody right like it's none (laughs) of those kinds of things (laughs) not that like 
I have no, like no qualms about that, but that, that's not where my strength is, right? Like what I really wanted to do was open up space for depth, <laughs> right? And for presence and for less of the like, the like sickness of busy that we have gotten ourselves into in this oh, culture. Girl, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> It is a sickness. And part of what I wanted to do with taking a full freaking year to take this journey was really to like, we are going to walk it slow because it doesn't have to be fast. Right. It does. And right. It doesn't have to be because our spiritual journey is a lifelong one. We're just like looking at how we use these tools in a way that helps support that hopefully going forward and, and really feel like um, tarot can be applied in, in any application in our lives to be supportive of that, right? Like that's yes. really my goal with this. Um, and so, yeah, so story journey to, for me is like such a cool opportunity to like, I'm, I really am kind of picturing it as like the virtual version of like putting on your backpack and walking, you know, like walking a <laughs> pilgrimage somewhere, uh-huh. right? Like we're probably going to bump into each other at like, you know, different places along the path or whatever, you know, and like allowing that kind of feeling to happen, even if we cannot travel you know, to, to go to a holy place or whatever, right. The holy place is here too, you know, like the, yes. your home is a holy place, right. You're the land where you live, whether you're in a city or you're out in the middle of nowhere, like I am right. Like, like you have a holy place where you are and we, and we can do this there too. You know, we don't have to go anywhere else to do this. Yes. Uh, I have to commend you also. You always set like the perfect tone for every meeting I'm in with you like your meditations just your vibe coming into it is just so open and honest and you really just set that tone for people to start thinking on a deeper level like stop worrying about what's going on and even like I don't speak up very often. I was actually talking to one of the other group members, Tamara, about this. <laughs> There's so much happening in my head that I have no words to come out in the time during our discussion time. But you allow that to happen. You understand that everyone processes information at a different time, a different speed. And I, I have to applaud you and thank you for not having pressure on the people like us who don't have things to say in the moment. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, I, you know, it's, it may not come across that way because I'm talking so much right now, but that's kind of how I am, you know, like when I'm a participant and things like, Mm I, I really do. I like to have a minute, <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, like we've gotten so used to, I think maybe there's a lot of really lovely things about social media and technology. And I don't want to knock it all. Cause I think they are <clears throat> very valuable tools. And also part of what we've fallen into, I think with it sometimes is like this idea that we have to have an opinion or a thought or whatever, right away. Right. And we have to be yeah. able to share it and we need to like back it up. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And like, show up and fight for it and like I'm just like not here for that anymore <laughs> like yeah I want that you know and that's part of the reason I think too why setting story journey up in this way that I have felt so necessary for me is I wanted to be able to have those live calls where everybody could kind of like have a moment right to to like 
talk with each other and kind of riff a little bit and it's like it's kind Mm -hmm. of like brainstorming in person like like with 20 people together like right like just throwing out ideas but then there's this online this community on discord that we have the rest of the time and my intention there is to be able to allow for when like something Mm -hmm. could not come to you Yes, right during it finally that clicks. hour and a half, <laughs> right, exactly. That like two days later, you can be like, I got it. <laughs> right? like yes. One o'clock in the morning or whatever that looks like, right? That like you have a, a place to be able to share and a community of people who are speaking the same language, right? Yes. Who are like all trying to like learn and grow and are tarot conversant enough to be able to be like, oh yeah, girl, like because blah, 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 right? And, and like show up with it, you know? And that, mm-hmm. that for me is really exciting. I agree. I am loving what's what I'm seeing unfold mm-hmm. so far. And oh, we're only like one meeting in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So if anyone, um, are you still allowing people to join? Okay. Am, yeah. How can they yeah. find you? They can find me at saragalactica.com. I have everything on there um, about story journey. And, you know, I, because we're going in order, right? Like if you join late, there might've been a call or something, right? That you didn't get to be a part of, but that doesn't mean that you don't still get to watch that and, mm-hmm. and talk about it, right? And all those kinds of things. So anybody who shows up a little later to the game will still be welcomed in with open arms and will still receive right yes the things that they that they missed quote unquote that's one of the things I love about taking so much time with this too is that like there's no need to feel like you missed out mm-hmm. right there's no need there's I don't I don't want any of the like false scarcity thing that we do right <laughs> right yes like, urgency um, buying <laughs> exactly yeah like come on in. The water's fine. We'll catch you up. It's all good. Right. Like I want people who, who feel kind of like, who feel called to dig in a little deeper in this particular kind of way to be able to do it and not feel like, Oh, well, I've already missed, (laughs) you know, I guess, I guess I'm done, you know, or whatever. Like I wanted to set it up in a way that felt like welcome traveler, you know, we're glad you're here with us. Come on. Yes. And Discord mm-hmm. seems to be the perfect place to do that as well. Um, you can just Absolutely. talk about anything and everything, all the cards. You missed that conversation. It's still going on in Discord. <laughs> exactly. It may never stop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. Um, you so graciously um, gifted our listeners, if I can get my words out, <laughs> with a lunation spread. Do you want to speak a little bit to that? Totally. Yeah. So, um with one of the things I love to do in my own tarot practice is I'm, I don't read for myself every day, right? Like I kind of go in, in ebb and flow with myself. Mm-hmm. Like, so some, there's some weeks where I'm pulling a card every day and there's some times when I'll go like a whole freaking month and not look at tarot for myself at all. And then be like, Oh, I want to do a reading. So this lunation spread was one of the very first that I created. And it, it is kind of meant to be one of those, like, I want to sit down and be really intentional about what's coming up for me, right? For the moon ahead, that's one way you can use it. So I love using this one around the new moon. It's a large spread, it's like eight cards. Um, But (laughs) one of the cool things about that is it gives some really actionable um, advice, 
right? Like where, like with the waning moon <laughs> or with the waxing moon, where do you focus? And with the waning moon, what do you leave behind? You know, like those kinds of things and yes. using nature as the pathway in to understanding ourselves, right? The, the natural cycles, the natural rhythms of the world. Um, that to me, is, that's, I'm really passionate about connecting in with that too. Mm-hmm. But even if you're not like, I'm not going to sit down on the new moon and do this tarot reading, it doesn't matter, right? Like sometimes you just need a deeper look at something. Sometimes you need like to be able to be told like, girl, stop or girl, <laughs> look over here, right? Yes. <laughs> Whatever, right? And this reading is meant, this spread is meant to be that kind of tool, you know, like you can set this aside right now. You can come back to it later if you want to, but you can set this aside right now. And instead look over here, right? Focus yourself this way, right? And that's what this spread is designed to help support. Excellent. Excellent. I will leave the link to that in the show notes below. Awesome. Um, I do have two closing questions we can do if you'd like. All right. All right. Ask me. (laughs) Okay. My first closing question is what makes you unique? What makes me unique? Um, I think one of the things that makes me unique, um, and, and I think my obsession, I can use the word obsession, I think talking about tarot, my obsession <laughs> with tarot, um, uh, illustrates this, is this, I've always kind of been a synthesizer, I think. And I, I don't know that I would have used that terminology until recently or even seen it as a gift until recently. But I think part of what makes me unique is the ability to see how this one random thing over here also connects with this one random thing over there Mm -hmm. and also kind of comes back to this thing over here. And all of them have like this like thread, this strand that runs through. And, and that is, I, that's a thing, I guess I figured everybody did. (laughs) You know what I mean? And and you don't realize it, right? Until Mm -hmm. I guess you talk to people who are outside of your own head and, you know, having people who'd be like, wow, like you really synthesize, you know, these things together. It's like, oh, I guess I do. Totally (laughs) do. Yes. Right. But it never, it never occurred to me before to like use that language for it, to think about it as being something that was unique. Um, or special in any kind of way. And so, yeah, so I would say the thing that makes me unique really is that, um, that ability and, and like, um, almost, it's almost like unconscious, right? Like I almost don't even think about how I'm synthesizing things sometimes, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it just happens, you know, and that, that is something that I've, I've grown to appreciate now because of tarot, I think. Yes. I love that. I can totally see that in you. And I can totally see you thinking that everyone else can do that too, but I cannot. (laughs) Right? This isn't just a thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's just what people do. Apparently not. (laughs) So my next question is what lights you up? Oh, wow. There is a long list of things probably (laughs) that light me up. Um, You know, I would say that you know, what's lighting me up right now is having, having a group of people to connect with. It happens to be through story journey, but it was, you know, we were doing it with, you know, other tarot meetings and things before that too. 
but like having having a group of people a community of people who are all curious about the world around them mm. right who are all curious about themselves and curious about how they fit in to this wacky place this wacky planet we call home yes being part of a community like that and 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 really like finding finding my place within that has been something that is is consistently lighting me up even when things feel really dark um after having our calls together with our group of people right like I just I feel lighter like I I feel Mm -hmm. physically lighter and I feel sort of like like spiritually lighter too right that like oh like oh, none of us are doing this by ourselves and <laughs> this feeling, right? You know, um, that that is really lighting me up right now. Uh, yes, snaps to that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I snap back. <laughs> so, so good. Uh, thank you so much for being here. You are a wealth of knowledge. So many thank good things. Goodness. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. How fantastic was that? Sarah truly spilt the tea on the use of tarot as a self-discovery tool through her ecosystems and birth calculations. She's such a brilliant mind. Make sure to download your copy of Sarah's Lunation Tarot Spread, and if you use it and get some good insights like I know you will, feel free to share with share them with me on Instagram by tagging me at KaliaVQ. And if you'd like to dive into Sarah's work, even further, check her out on her website at saragalactica.com. You can also find all her links in her guest bio by going to lightabovesolitude.com slash guests. And if you are part of the membership, Sarah has also gifted her tarot birth card workbook so that you can gain more insight on your own cards. I cannot wait to hear what you find out. And if you're not already a member, come on down. The water is great and we would love to have you. You never know what special treats are in store there. All right. Until next time, friends, keep searching for meaning and holding fast to your dreams because I love you. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Let me take this time to remind you, stop dimming your light. Stand brightly because the light is all around you. You do not need outside validation anymore. Embrace every aspect of you and start living truly authentic to your soul. Everything you want is in the light above solitude. If you love what you heard today and you feel called to support my work, you can now do so by buying me a coffee. A donation is never expected but always greatly appreciated by me and my pack. Your support keeps the content flowing and my platforms as ad-free as possible. So head over to lightabovesolitude.com support. While you're there, check out all the ways we can connect further with details on my monthly membership, motivational text messages, and links to all my socials. You can even drop me a voicemail by clicking the mic icon in the lower right-hand corner. Until next time, friends, I love you.